0: Allow me to lead everyone in a big collective sigh of relief. And I'll explain why on today's edition of Locked on LSU. You are locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Well, thank you for making Lockdown LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, but don't forget we also are on YouTube as well. And of course, that is free and every single day. My name is Caroline Fenton. And I am your host, as I am every day. You can follow me on Twitter at Caroline Fenton1. You can follow along with the podcast at Locked On LSU. Feel free to like, comment, subscribe, follow, all of that good stuff. Just appreciate you for being here. Appreciate you for being here with me and always for making Locked On LSU your first listen every single day. Today's edition of Locked On LSU is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit fanDuel.com slash locked on today. To get started. So today we can all breathe a sigh of relief. Tonight and every night we can sleep just a little bit better. We can all relax. Why exactly? Because as of today, May 1st, the transfer portal is officially closed and not a single LSU scholarship player has entered the transfer portal. Now, as of uh, april 30th was the final day that you could enter you could you know submit your paperwork to transfer and as we all know that process takes a couple of days so there may be a few names that start to pop up over the next couple of days both from lsu and from other programs across the country of players that have entered the transfer portal and that news comes out because it like the, the paperwork has officially been filed not because that person has just entered the transfer portal that day. So you might start to see a few things trickle in the news cycle over the next couple of days as this paperwork starts to get processed. But as of now, today, Monday, May 1st, not a single scholarship player on LSU's roster has entered the transfer portal. Now, another thing to remember, players in the portal can still commit elsewhere, You know, if you're in the transfer portal and you haven't decided what your next destination is yet, that's fine. You can still commit places. You just can't enter the transfer portal. So players today and tomorrow and next week and the following week, they can still decide to come to LSU, to go to Florida State, to go to USC, wherever they'd like to go, as long as their name has been submitted into the transfer portal prior to April 30th, if that makes sense. So you're still going to see some names trickle in that commit to LSU over the next couple of days. Just no players on their way out. And I think that that is a huge deal for this team. I don't want to understate how big I really think that is. That not a single player decided to leave the program. It means one of three things to me, or really all of these three things to me. The fact that not a single player on this roster Decided to go elsewhere in the spring. One, there's a lot of buy-in into this program. That the players on this roster believe in what Brian Kelly is building. They believe in what Brian Kelly is doing. I always look in, at you know some players that decide to enter the transfer portal in the spring transfer portal period. Because I think when a player decides to transfer – Kind of shows me the different reasoning. If you decide to transfer after the season, um, I think that you would, and you decide to transfer for different reasons than you would in the spring. In the spring, I look at it like you got beat out for a, a positional group battle, or two, you were promised something that you're not getting, kind of along the same lines of you're just not really digging the direction which the program is going. So the fact that Brian Kelly is a fairly new head coach, only in his second year at LSU, and he's been able to institute the culture and the expectations for this football program that each and every player is buying into and wants to be part of. I think that is so vital. Because I look at some programs that may be in disarray, and you could see that via the transfer portal, like look at Colorado, for example, they've had what, 20 something players enter the transfer portal over the last few weeks. That to me tells me that they're just not buying into what Deion Sanders is doing. And that might be the player's problem. Like like Deion Sanders could be doing everything right. And that player just doesn't want to be part of what he's building. And that's totally fine. I, I have always said I never blame a player for entering the transfer portal. But that to me shows me that Colorado is going over a massive, massive overhaul. It's not happening here because the program is in much stable, more stable shape. Of course, first year head coach versus second year head coach, it's going to be different, and you're going to have a massive a mass exodus out of your program. And with a first year head coach, just it's just the way it is. The second thing that I mean, I, I think this means, is that there's a willingness to compete in some of these positional groups. Like I said, one of the reasons that I usually look to see players transfer look at um Taylor buckner from from notre dame sam hartman is going to get the starting job at quarterback Tyler buckner decides to transfer to alabama because he was going to get a starting job at alabama not at notre dame it makes sense if you are in a positional battle and it's looking like it's a battle that you are not winning, then you will go elsewhere where you can get a starting job. So it shows me, I mean, it's not like every single player on LSU's roster is guaranteed a starting spot. It's not like every single player on LSU's roster is taking first team reps, but it's the willingness to compete and it's the conversations that this coaching staff is having with each individual player or positional groups. And there's a, at least a timeline kind of mapping out what that player's journey is going to be at LSU. Look at Walker Howard, for example, he decided to leave LSU because he didn't see a path to getting the reps that he wanted. Totally fine, totally understand. Walker Howard, wish nothing but the best for you. But if Brian Kelly is sitting down with some of these players who are not expected to get starting roles this year, they at least understand and have have had the conversations that say, okay, hey, I'm not getting a starting job this year. I'm probably not going to get as much playing time as I would like. But if I stay on this path and this plan that Brian Kelly and my position group put coaches and the coordinators have put me on, then, then this time next year, I'm going to be a fixture of the offense, of the defense, whatever it might be. So I think that is, is really key, that you've got the willingness to compete and you've got players that are willing to not be starters right away in order to follow a much larger plan, almost looking at it from a macro perspective. I think that's very important. The third thing that I think is probably the most obvious and probably the most important right now is you've got depth. You know, you're not losing players. um, Normally, like, um, look at Marlon Martinez, for example. He is going to be an offensive line depth guy. He's not going to be your starting left tackle. He's going to be one of those guys that you plug in and play if, knock on wood, one of your starters goes down with an injury, is out for a week with an illness like we saw with Will Campbell against Tennessee this past year. Those are, you know, those are realistic things that are going to happen. But Marlon Martinez... Decided to stay at LSU even when over the last few weeks and months we've been talking about him potentially being a candidate to enter the transfer portal. Now he is still there to be a depth piece for your offensive line. So that's the depth this season. And you also have depth beyond. Now those guys that may not get a starting job this year, but they've decided to stay and stick it out. Well, they could be starters next year. And then you don't have to go searching for that starter in 2024 because you've already got him on the roster. You don't have to pluck some of those potential starters in the transfer portal in 2024 when you continue to keep that talent on your roster and you develop your own talent and they continue to stay bought into the program. I think the most obvious one is Garrett Nussmeier. Garrett Nussmeyer could probably start at almost every single team in the SEC could probably be a starting quarterback at most power five programs. I think that's what Garrett Nesmeyer eventually wants to do. Who wouldn't is to eventually be the starting quarterback somewhere, but he wants to be the starting quarterback at LSU and he's willing to be the backup for yet another year in order to eventually become the starting quarterback at LSU. Now that makes the quarterback room this year, that much stronger, that much better, and that much more of a healthy position because let's say if Jaden Daniels goes down with an injury, well, you have a certified starter right behind him and Garrett Nussmeier. Fast forward to 2024, you don't have to go searching for your starting quarterback. Ricky Collins doesn't have to be your starting quarterback in only a second year because you have Garrett Nussmeier on the roster. That was the one player I think we all circled and were looking at with a lot of fear and anxiety, just hoping that that name wouldn't show up in the transfer portal. And now, as of May 1st, it hasn't and it won't. Garrett Nussmeyer will be an LSU Tiger in 2023. And with Jaden Daniels exercising his eligibility, his final year of eligibility this year, Garrett Nussmeyer is likely your starter in 2024. I don't think Garrett Nussmeyer is going anywhere. It would have been very easy for him to go somewhere This year. So with it almost pretty darn close to guaranteed of him being the starter in 2024, things happen, weird things happen. I'm never going to guarantee the starter on September 10th, 2024 on May 1st, 2023. However, it's looking like LSU has a path to its starting quarterback for each of the next few seasons that this roster this year is in a very, very healthy place that this program as a whole, is in a very good place because there's an entire roster of scholarship players that want to be part of it. But LSU still has a handful of scholarships to dole out, and there are still a bunch of players in the transfer portal that have yet to name their next spot, their next landing place. So we'll get into that coming up next. Some players that LSU could target at positions of need offensively, we will get into that coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. So some bets that I would make. After we saw Steph Curry absolutely pop off on Sunday, put all the bets on Steph Curry over points. Put all the bets on on the Golden State Warriors. Plus, there's great promotions every single day going on at FanDuel. So check those out. You could, there are some same-game parlays that you can put together and you can wager for a potential higher return. I love checking out the promotions every single day because you get better returns and it's fun to see some of those bets that has put together. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com. Slash Locked On, FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, thanks again for making Locked On LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Coming up on tomorrow's podcast, we'll target some defensive players in the target in the transfer portal that LSU could potentially point out as uh, as filling some of those positions of need and adding some depth in the defensive side of the football. But today. We're going over some offensive transfer portal players to watch. Let's go back a couple weeks ago. Brian Kelly was asked about some positions of need that they may have um, that they can 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 add to and make it no longer a position of need via the transfer portal. And he said some, some defensive players didn't specify, um, but also highlighted the offensive line, that they need some offensive line depth. You can never have too many offensive linemen. You can never have too many guys that you trust to plug in and play if need be. may not be your starters, but they're going to be on your roster to help your football team win games if and when a player is unavailable for whatever reason it might be. There are three offensive linemen in the transfer portal that I've highlighted to be potential targets for LSU. The first one, Matthew Wyckoff, an offensive lineman out of Texas A&M. Now, I think that this would be a fit because, and I don't I don't know these players and I don't know what their priorities are, but Matthew Wyckoff is a player who is from Texas, decided to go to Texas A&M to play college football. That, to me, might say, hey, he wants to stay close to home. Well, at LSU, he wouldn't be too far away from home. In 2021, he redshirted but did play in four games. In 2022, his second year at AM, he had nine starts, played in all 12 games. And I think the interesting thing here, too, that really stood out to me was Matthew Wyckoff in high school got an offer from Notre Dame. He was recruited by Brian Kelly when he was in high school. So that could potentially be a player that Brian Kelly already knows that his scouting staff has already scouted and also plays a position of need. And obviously with nine starts and 12 games under his belt with Texas A&M this past season was a a reliable piece for Texas A&M this past year. The second one that I'm looking at is Cameron Johnson, the left guard from Houston. He also is from Texas. If you want to stay close to home, LSU, not too far away. 2022 is the first team All-AAC started in all 13 games. And in all 13 of those games, he played left guard. Only allowed one sack in all 13 games. And that was the second game of the season. So he went 11 consecutive games without allowing a sack. I think that's key. In 2021, his first year at Houston, he played in all 13 games as a backup, but did contribute in all 13 games as at the left guard position. The only thing with Cameron Johnson is looking at his body of work at Houston, he's a left guard. There are some guys that just are left guards. There are some guys that just are left tackles. That's just what they are. That is the position that they play. They are a specialist in that position. I think your roster needs both. Your roster needs guys that are left tackles. Your roster needs guys that are centers. Your your roster also needs some guys that can play tackle, can play guard, can play center, can fill in several different areas. You need both. You need versatile players, and you need your players that are absolute set-in-stone specialists at that position. Cameron Jordan, it sounds to me, he's a left guard. Now, I don't know if that was just the need at Houston. I don't know if that was just where they pegged him to play, but he can also play on the right side. He can also play outside. I'm not sure, but just based off of his body of work at Houston, he's a left guard. So I don't know if that's a depth piece that Brian Kelly would target in the transfer portal since he is uh, has specialized simply at left guard or Brian Kelly looks at it and like, look, we need interior offensive linemen. Our left guard could go down at some point and Cameron Johnson could fill in or Cameron Johnson could be our starting left guard. I don't know how they would look at it, but he is one of the highest ranked offensive line uh, players in the transfer portal. Finally, this is one that I'm not really sure how I feel about it, but he is the highest rated offensive lineman in the transfer portal. And that is Ethan White, the offensive lineman out of Florida. Now he transferred to USC. Or at least intended to transfer to USC at the end of this past season. Decided to not go to USC because of an injury. He said that he may he was contemplating even hanging up football for good. That's you know the extent of the injury that he was going through. But still is committed to playing football and committing to find that next place, that next step that he wants to play college football. He played uh, left guard in all 13 games this past season. And was AP all SEC second team with Florida this past year. But again, the injury, even if you bring him in as a depth guy, if you can't count on him to be a starter, you can't count on him to be a depth guy either. You know, your injury is going to affect you the same way, whether you're a starter or you're a depth beast. So that's one that's I, I'm looking at with an asterisk, but still has, uh, has great reviews. And um, via the transfer portal rankings is atop some of the un- the, uh, the best uncommitted players in the transfer portal. Finally, away from the offensive line, this is not a position that Brian Kelly highlighted to necessarily be a position that they were targeting in the transfer portal. But this is a guy that everyone, recruiting insiders, college football insiders, observers of college football players, are slating, circling, starring to be an LSU Tiger in 2023. And that is Logan Diggs, the running back out of Notre Dame. And a lot of people are, are projecting him to land at LSU. I am as well, for two reasons. He played at Notre Dame. He played with Brian Kelly. Makes sense, right? Well, add on to the fact that he is from Louisiana. So he could come home and he could come to play for the coach that initially recruited him out of high school. It kind of seems like a match made in heaven. Right, and especially with the running back position, it is a room that has a lot of bodies, but it is a room that also has a lot of questions. Noah Kane and Trey Holly, the true freshmen, they balled out in the spring game. Those are two guys that you can probably count on. But John Emery is a grade question mark. Armani Goodwin, Josh Williams are coming off of surgeries and are recovering from those injuries. I don't know if they'll be available week one. You can hope. Absolutely, you can hope but i don't but those are all question marks. I don't know if John Emery is going to be able to get his grades up in time for him to be a contributing piece to this football team week 1. I hope, I absolutely hope. But Logan Diggs could be an answer that's a little bit more of a sure thing than the two players coming off of an injury and John Emery with academics. Now, that's up to Brian Kelly and the rest of this offensive coaching staff to decide how good they feel about the injuries coming along, how good they feel about John Emery and his grade. That's all information that the coaching staff has that they will never share with us. So they'll be able to further identify if running back truly is a position of need or not, if running back is a position that they want to bring in or not. But Logan Diggs, Seems like a hell of a player. I'm not going to act like I watched an exorbitant amount of Notre Dame football this past year. But just looking at the stat sheet, Logan Diggs was the second leading rusher at Notre Dame this past season. Had 820 yards and four touchdowns. He was averaging five yards per carry. Why is that important? You know, First and ten, hand the ball off to Logan Diggs. Second and five, hand off the ball to Logan Diggs. First down. That's why that's important to me. Also, another thing that stood out to me is Logan Diggs is a a running back that can catch the ball out of the backfield. He could be kind of your pure third down running back. He had 211 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. He was the fifth leading receiver on this Notre Dame team this past season as a running back. So that, to me, I think you're kind of showing a little bit of the versatility with Logan Diggs. He can run the heck out of the football, but... He also can catch the ball in the backfield as well. So those three offensive linemen, Matthew Wyckoff from A&M, Cameron Johnson, the left guard out of Houston, Ethan White, the left guard out of Florida, and then Logan Diggs, the running back out of Notre Dame, are all players that I'm looking at to potentially be targets for LSU. And in Logan Diggs' case, I'm waiting for that commitment any day now. But coming up next, a good weekend for LSU on the diamond, sweeping Alabama. Not a great year for the Alabama Crimson Tide in Baton Rouge, I will tell you that. We'll get into the specifics of that coming up next. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. LSU sweeps Alabama. LSU completes the second sweep of the season in back-to-back weekends, sweeping Ole Miss this past weekend, and then again with the sweep over Alabama at home this weekend. Friday, the Tigers take it 8-6. Paul Skeens, another great outing for him. Got through six innings, gave up only five hits and one run, struck out nine. But really, you know, the, the biggest concern that I had, or one of my biggest takeaways of the weekend started on Saturday. LSU gets the win on Saturday, 12-8 in the win on Sunday, which did not come without a little bit of sweat and anxiety on Sunday. Um, completing the sweep on Sunday, 13-11. Some of my takeaways. Number one, pitching is a concern. Pitching is a concern. And this team was able to kind of scrounge up enough arms to get the sweep over Alabama this past weekend. Once you get into the SEC tournament, once you get to the regionals, to super regionals, potentially Omaha, which is the goal, you're not going to be able to just scrape the bottom of the barrel of your bullpen and put together an outing just good enough to get by and expect to have the same results. On Friday, Griffin Herring gave up five runs on six hits. It's a problem. On Saturday, Ty Floyd, your starter, gave up six runs on six hits and only made it two and two-thirds innings. This time of year, and especially when you're a team that's going through some injury bugs some injury issues – You need your starters to make it four, five, six innings because you need to preserve a lot of your arms. So when you can't rely on your starting pitcher to make it to even three full innings, that's a problem. That's a concern of mine, and it's a concern of it's been a concern of mine for quite some time that there hasn't really seemed to be certified reliable starters in this rotation outside of Paul Skeens. Sunday, Christian Little struck out five in four innings, but he gave up four runs on two hits, walked five batters, and hit one with a pitch. That's just handing out bases to Alabama. It's just, you know, here, go on base, make it easy for you. Let me make my job more difficult. Let me make your job a lot easier. And that's frustrating. So the arms and the bullpen and the the starting pitching rotation, it's, it is is a concern of mine, especially now that Chase Shores has gone for the season uh, with a UCL tear. He will undergo Tom and John surgery. Second thing, defensive mistakes. My goodness, four runs from errors in just these three games alone. And then you add in all of the defensive mistakes that we saw from LSU against Nichols earlier this or last week. It was a week of a lot of, defensive mistakes. Three runs alone on Sunday came from LSU defensive errors. Unacceptable. You can get by when you're playing a team like Alabama, an unranked team that's kind of been hot and cold and hot and cold throughout SEC play. You got Auburn coming up this weekend. Auburn nearly swept South Carolina, who was looking like the best team in the SEC before that weekend. You know, you can't, you cannot afford those dumb mistakes that hand your opponent more opportunities and more runs. thats It's a problem. But the third takeaway that I have, and probably the biggest takeaway that I have, not just from this weekend, but really from this team as a whole, from what we've seen this entire season, I mean, pitching is a concern. And they make far too many defensive mistakes. But my goodness, if this team doesn't always find ways to win, deficit in the fifth on Sunday. No problem. All good. LSU will come back and score six in the bottom of the fifth. Shaky pitching. Your starting pitcher doesn't even make it through three innings. Your starting pitchers give up four, five, six runs in their outings. Well, that's fine because Riley Cooper can come in on Sunday and secure the win. Because Riley Cooper and arms like Nate Akenhausen, they can come out on two different days on Saturday and Sunday. And be productive for you. LSU used five pitchers on Sunday, used eight on Saturday, and they still found ways to win. And these pitchers, they're all, the arms that were used on both Saturday and Sunday. Riley Cooper being one of them, Nate Akenhausen being another one. And back-to-back days, they can come out and be productive for you. This team's, I like it. It's an anomaly to me, honestly. Either LSU will be down early, and they'll find their themselves a way to scratch and claw back to win games. Remember the South Carolina game, game two, when it looked like LSU was dead in the water, but don't count them out. On Sunday when LSU's down 7-3, about midway through the, through the game, and then they come back and it's just offensive fireworks. So it doesn't matter if they're down bad, and it doesn't matter if they give up leads late in the game, they'll find ways to win. And I think that's really impressive about this team. This team has way too much talent. For some of these games to be a little bit too close for comfort. But they still find ways to win. So I have to be impressed with that. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked and LSU your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's podcast, some defensive players that Brian Kelly and the rest of his coaching staff could target in the transfer portal. All of that on tomorrow's edition of Locked in LSU.